0: You urged me to say howdy today, but I'm not feeling howdy. I'm just going to say hi today.
1: Brent, I, th- I thought you'd uh, be a little bit more polite for our audience out there. There's nothing better than a good old howdy. How you doing, folks?
0: Well, I, I think of myself as polite, but if uh, but if I'm not, uh, I'm sorry.
1: Brent, you're I- one of the most polite people I know. I- I'll give you-, give you your props for that. You're, you're really okay in my book.
0: Well, I have- I've never it's read it. It's a short book. book, though. Yes, yeah, I uh, figured. Very uh, short list. But, you know, who cares? Who cares, right? Who cares how we feel, right? Uh, we're just, about, we're just journalists but what i wanted to say uh was that well we're back today to talk about some issues going on in and around uh this community of ours and uh i'm just going to go ahead and say today is going to be an all over the place kind of episode which has the potential to go anywhere i guess does so.
1: not january always seem that way after christmas everything's a mess you yeah, got five thousand right. things going in different ways you're trying to Lose weight, stop smoking, fulfill 16 resolutions, do your job, you know, get through the winter. You know, we're not really having winter. It's like 70 degrees outside, but still. I can tell Podcast matching everything. It's all over the place.
0: I can tell you two stories later on. Uh, I'm not trying to lose weight, and people aren't stopping. Uh, their smoking habits either but that's that's for later so anyway uh, welcome back here on convergence today couple issues that we're really going to focus in on today things going on in the kentucky general assembly and maybe some local issues stay tuned right here on convergence all right here we are back again today Thank you for listening, of course. But, uh, Daniel, tell us, what's our first topic today? I
1: figure we talk a little state house news to start with, Brennan. Obviously, we're all residents of this fine Commonwealth, and our legislators are back in session this week up in Frankfurt filing some bills. Always interesting this time when bills start being filed, you see a lot of things. You see these stories about crazy stuff, crazy bills. Some of them get passed eventually. Some of them get voted down. Some of them never see the light of day. They get stalled in committee. So, you know, it's always kind of a... Low-hanging fruit, I would say, as a journalist, sometimes we see these crazy bills filed, and we we do a story with a big headline, you know, state wants to steal all your money or something crazy like that to get some clicks. But there are some bills coming up that I think we'll see uh, action that are going to be interesting to follow. You know, last year... We all know the pension talk was a big part of things. You did several stories. Uh, we did several stories on the local impact of that. Had teachers going to Frankfurt regularly, and and that's still something that's definitely going to have to be watched throughout this session and sessions moving forward. But I found it very interesting when the first bills to be filed, Senate Bill One, uh, Senate Bill One, to to be honest, the first thing that was looked at is basically a, a sanctuary city slash immigration bill. Obviously. Republican-controlled legislature, you you can kind of expect to see some of these bills that are kind of in tune with, uh, I guess, party lines as far as how they affect, you know, legislation and and politics and and whatnot. Immigration always a hot topic and one that's really been hammered home from the top with Donald Trump down to the state level. This bill itself... So in a nutshell, basically, no sanctuary policy. Uh, so there can't be any sanctuary cities. I, Brendan, do you know if anybody's tried to have a sanctuary city in Kentucky? Uh,
0: not to my knowledge. In fact, uh, you know something I was going to say earlier too. Um, I'm not real sure that I've met someone that confidently can say they've met an illegal immigrant here in uh, specifically glasgow but not not to say there aren't any whatever but uh, anyway i just want to make that note
1: me too i you know yeah that's definitely a a part of that's kind of getting back to the part about this kind of being a political issue and more than an actual need-based issue in my opinion but that's that's part of it i some of the parts though that kind of get me a little bit of daca students are dreamers you know kind of kind of same same kind of student Children who are kind of brought here under legal terms but have, have stayed here, been raised in our system. Lots of times, there's been so many stories done about it. What a great contributions they've made to our society. Well, if this bill is passed and and signed by Governor Bashir, which I think would probably not be signed by him and we'd get into a veto override issue, they would not be allowed to go to college in Kentucky. They couldn't go to a higher ed uh, facility in Kentucky along with anybody else who's deemed to be here illegally. Another aspect of it, uh, Basically, if you're a public employee for the state of Kentucky, it kind of alludes to the fact that you have responsibility to follow federal immigration laws and help to uphold those policies. To me, that's fancy talk for basically saying we're kind of deputizing all of our public employees and saying, hey, your job is you work for state, you're on the taxpayer dime, you need to be out here. If you see somebody who's illegally here, you need to call the proper authorities and we'll see about deporting them. Uh, Stivers, who kind of helped bring this bill to the floor, uh, looked into to introduce this bill and discussions, uh, Courier Journal had a story about it. He, he referenced a Courier Journal story, which is a really good series if you had not had a chance to read it yet, where they kind of look at some of the drug activity in, in Kentucky and some of our surrounding states. They had a good story about an uh, operation kind of cartel base that had been set up in a small right. town in West Virginia and kind of affected Kentucky. And he said the drug aspect was, was part of this, alluded to that. And that's kind of one of his reasons for wanting to bring this. He's saying there's an influx of drug trade in Kentucky, you know, a crime issue. We need to have this, you know, no sanctuary policy. I think sometimes we kind of take our lead. We look at these cities, big states like California where they have, you know, sanctuary cities been an issue. Or Texas, we're so close to the border and we think we have to match them on this issue. but. I'd, I'd like to get your thoughts on it, Brendan. I'm just not sure that this is a huge issue for Kentucky right now. Uh, you know, I think it's something that should be because they're common sense. You can't just let anybody into your country and have no documentation. I'm not suggesting that at all. But for it to be the first bill for the Senate seems a little bit odd to me.
0: I agree. I, I think it's not a priority right now. Um, it's certainly something that I think needs to be looked into. I mean, I totally agree with your statement about that, too. I mean, we we have to have some sort of documentation. But, I mean – We've even, you know, kind of dove into a little bit about what it's like for someone who um, certainly isn't white, um, certainly isn't even, you know, maybe speaking English completely in their lifestyle. Um, And and not to say that those people are always illegal immigrants or anything like that, undocumented um, people here in the United States. But I'm trying to make a point to say that I think a lot of people that um, are that way, um maybe they you know came here when they were very young uh, like the the dreamers we always categorize those as dreamers um that's that's a reality that i've seen a lot of reporting done on that really brings to light that hey we're going to maybe take away something that that all you've ever known you know the, the life you've lived completely you know nothing else but just because of your birthplace and our um, feelings that you shouldn't be here simply because you're not, you know, documented and correctly here, then then you have a right to go back. Um, I just couldn't imagine being in that. So that's a really far-fetched way. But here in Kentucky, I mean, it, it's certainly something that I think doesn't need to be addressed immediately. I think we have a lot of other issues Absolutely. that are pending and that really probably deserve a lot of more attention.
1: And I think what you touched on there is, is a great point, not even just so we can go round and round about the undocumented aspect of it, but I've I've I won't mention this person's name, a a person I consider a friend in Glasgow, um, Hispanic culture, uh, Hispanic person, and he one time was, according to him, uh was out trying to purchase a vehicle at a certain place. I believe it already actually purchased the vehicle and he'd stopped by it was after hours, was checking out the place. According to him, a police officer stopped and pulled. You know, check it out. Which you can't blame a police officer. You see somebody in a parking lot after hours. You're probably going to wonder what they're doing. He said it was close to sundown. You know, he kind of understood that aspect. But he said the situation quickly turned into more of, you know, basically, are you here legally? It wasn't really a, are you trying to break into this car? It turned into, you know, to to shorten up the conversation more of a, you know, are, are you actually a legal resident here? And you know that sort of thing. And I fear with a bill like this, you're almost turning. Public employ, you know, public employees are do fantastic jobs in so many realms. I don't want to underscore what they do, but a lot of them are aren't really qualified to do this kind of work, where they're, you know, they're they're specialized in a certain field and they're not in this to, you know, track down people who are here or not here legally. So I fear you're going to get into a situation where you're going to have people who are categorized just because, frankly, the color of their skin or their culture, you know, where they're from. And who are going to be questioned for things just because there's this fear of, you know, illegal immigrants and illegal activity. And I think it's a more fear-based problem than a reality problem, especially, as you said, here in Glasgow and here in Kentucky. Uh, ironically, it's something that's been in the news a lot, and I'm going to defer to you on, on part of this. I know Whitley County, and I, I believe you have some info about Medcalf County as well, has considered... Uh, what they call a sanctuary second amendment County, I, uh, you know, where they, they're basically trying to keep guns from being uh, outlawed by our, our, nation. Well, I, you know, I looked up some numbers. We had a little brief in our paper the other day in 2019 in Kentucky, there were 235 gun deaths. And that could be anything from suicides to accidents to, you know, homicide, what have you. And that was actually down slightly. So we have 235 deaths in our, that are documented in our state last year from guns, but we're almost more obsessed with protecting that than we are we're more obsessed with going after illegal immigrants who you can't really, I haven't, I looked today trying to find numbers. I can not really find anything. And I know there have been, you know, deaths across the country attributed to undocumented uh, citizens or people. But, you know, what I guess what I'm saying here is we have a problem. We, we, 235 is down and that's great, but we still had 235 Kentucky people that died last year from, from guns. You know, we can see that, but we're almost have this obsession with protecting that. But we we want to act like we should be so scared of, you know, somebody just because they're undocumented.
0: Right. So you said a little bit, of course, um, Pike County actually just passed a Second Amendment sanctuary. City. Okay. Um, their, their local government there uh, passed that. So not only in Whitley County is it up, but Pike County has initiated this process and has went through with it. So... If you haven't heard what's going on um, in a, in a local sense here, so Metcalf County um, actually has a resolution drafted for their January 14th fiscal court meeting. Which, by the way, that's at 9 a.m. January 14th. Um, so the resolution is titled "Resolution Recognizing the Absolute Authority of the Second Amendment and the Absolute Right Therein Given to the Residents of Metcalf County." So, in in brief, what this is trying to do is uh, it's to protect someone's second amendment rights but it's not protecting them from the sense that okay we're entitled to those rights it's more of a the government's not entitled to infringe those rights True. so that can be interpreted differently i think but uh, on the surface what this is trying to do is to pretty much say even the forum um, in fact when the Metcalf county sheriff's election uh, back in november they held a forum a few weeks before the election and that was a question that they talked about. It really didn't go anywhere because all of the all candidates were Second Amendment friendly and, and such, as you would expect with law enforcement, particularly, and in a very conservative space such as Medcalf County. But um, the question was proposed: Hey, uh, you know, would you ensure that um, you know any sort of confiscation or anything like that? As Um, Demanded to you Maybe by the state Or federal government How would you respond to that And most candidates Obviously stated Well I would firmly disagree With any sort of Confiscation procedures Or anything Um, Which again Like I said Is expected But if this resolution Is passed I'm not completely sure I haven't received Any sort of legal Interpretation of this I'm not exactly sure How a local government Could Exactly I'll stop
1: you I know where you're getting at You're going to say What effect does this have It's basically It's basically not worth the paper it's written on. I hate to say that legally because that's why sure. it's written in resolution form because it's basically saying this is how we feel. But the federal government controls that. if if And I don't think they ever will in our lifetimes. But if the federal government decided tomorrow that we can't have guns anymore, guess what? It doesn't matter what your county decides.
0: Right. Well, and, and obviously it's not just that simple. And we could go all day on this. First of all, i don't I don't feel like it's been explicit i mean there have i think been some explicit statements by a very far left um you know whether it's congress women, men, any of those people saying that we you know don't need certain weapons um in the hands of people, but I don't feel like there's a whole wave of people saying that we shouldn't have any weapons, sure. you know, um, any, any guns. And while, uh, while I'm not saying that there is no one like that, I, I mean, completely, there are some that way, but I don't feel like that's a viable option here in the United States no. for one, because it's written exclusively um, explicitly in the constitution, which sure. to ratify anything in the constitution requires a significant vote by the States and uh, not only the States, obviously the legislature and such, but, Anyway, so the whole wrap up of this is this: this resolution is uh, going to come before the fiscal court in Metcalf County. You know, it's passed in uh, Pike County, and it's simply just a statement to say, "Hey, we're we want to keep our guns, and we don't we don't need the police or any other governing body to impinge on that."
1: Sure. And the irony of it to me is, if that were, let's just say hypothetically, you know, Congress and whatever decide which they're not going to do to outlaw guns or certain types of weapons or what have you <clears throat> you're basically saying we don't the argument's always been against sanctuary cities from a undocumented you know persons you know the one looking at that sort of deal is that you know they're breaking the law they're not following the law so we have to follow the law we have to follow the law now you're saying basically if there's a federal government decides something about guns that we're going to say well we don't want to follow that law <laughs> you know what I'm saying it's to me that's just, Painfully ironic in a way, and I agree 100% with what you said. There's been some statements made far out there that are pretty crazy on on the other side, you know, as far as guns. And most people in our area, in Kentucky in general, are responsible gun owners. But you also have to realize that not all of our country is like we are. You know, in Kentucky, there are different circumstances, different situations. So I think, like most issues, a little meeting in the middle would be great. My point on on this, this this Senate bill is that I just I'm not saying we shouldn't look into you know ways to make sure we're you know protecting us and protecting things. I'm just not sure that this is the top top priority right now in our state.
0: Sure, sure, and and like we talked about earlier, you know, I know we went from you know talking about how governmental leaders might, are not leaders, but just employees. You know, like that would even pertain to heck somebody probably working at the health department. You sure. know. Those yeah. people identifying uh, illegal immigrants, um, but then we obviously shifted here to Second Amendment too. um With this, you know, this obviously resolution was posted on behalf of the Metcalf County Young Republicans page, uh, which is obviously a non-governmental page. They're not associated directly um, with the government, but— uh, they do have some influence in Metcalf County, obviously, as sort of, uh, they, you know, they put on the forum that I referred to earlier. Sure. They're um, sort of the ones endorsing Republican candidates and such. Um, I guess it, it kind of sounds like a, the the caucus in Metcalf County, I guess. I'm That's not, a good way to describe it. <laughs> not real sure. But, uh, you know, just looking through the comments on that, too, I, you know, anything on Facebook or anything online is public. I mean, you post it there, it's public. Sure. So there are certain people commenting, um, you know, Talking about, uh, you know, showing up, asking questions. People are engaged in this. And, in fact, one gentleman even says, quote, I like this. Can I use it in Barron County, too? And uh, that, you know, I'm not sure if that's something that might progress. I don't know. I think. I could
1: see it. I could
0: see it. but, But right now, I mean, I don't. I haven't heard of anybody that's just dying to get that on the fiscal court agenda, but none Are they
1: dying to get on some of these. Ag- I mean, that's what's funny. Right. There's so many issues that our government needs to be worried about, and these are just these are just ways of giving your supporters a pat on the back and say, "Look at this, I'm doing this for you." And let's let's to me, especially at the local level, worry about things you can actually control. And frankly, guns aren't one of them. I'm sorry, you can do certain things locally, but that's. What What this is referring to is major federal issue well, I'm sorry that I hijacked most of our show, Brendan, talking about that certain issue, but uh <laughs> no,
0: no there's no. some other
1: things coming up in state that's important uh Marcy's law was reintroduced today, just you know after a quick refresh, I don't know we covered this a lot last year, kind of a victim's rights bill that was approved on you know voters approved on referendums, approved through the general assembly, but was kicked out because uh one of the courts ruled that the, some of the language in the in the measure that was on the ballot didn't meet the the state laws and requirements. So you're probably going to hear a lot about that coming up. And also we've talked a little bit about this before, but the voter ID law has, has right. come up with, you know, requiring somebody to show identification before they can vote.
0: Which of course here in Kentucky, you know, you have to have some sort of ID, but it doesn't have to be photographic. Right. Um, which I think is what this piece of legislation is leaning toward. Yes. And, um, I think secretary of state, Michael Adams has, uh, you know, nodded. Yes. Toward this, in approval,
1: ACLU is totally opposed. Exactly. Mike my, my of course, the Republicans totally, right. totally for it. That's typically how that legislation's work. And it,
0: and it's all going back to. Admittedly, I I think it is sort of covered up in terms of, like for instance, ACLU is against this because they reason that it's going to you know hinder the elderly, disabled, all of this, those groups from voting. I do feel like they sense that. If people have to show photo ID, they're going to maybe be caught in a scenario where it's like, okay, I don't have that. Yes. Um, And that that is a limitation on voting rights, I think. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, too, you know, when we think about election, um, you know, what what's vetted and we're vetting our elections and we're making sure that, you know, the person voting is, in fact, that person and all of that. I can see that side, too. So it it really is a tricky situation. But, uh, you know. Well, I guess we'll have to see where that goes, too. You know, again, it's
1: my main concern, Brennan, is, you know, I have a face for radio. I'm afraid when I go in there and vote, they're already going to be scared enough looking at me. And then they see my photo ID, too. They're probably going to shriek and run away. So I won't even get to vote. Brennan, you know, (laughs) that's scary, man. Yeah, I'm worried about
0: that. Well, it doesn't make it any easier that uh, I'm on camera, even though I'm on the radio here. So, uh, you know, uh, I try to smile in my ID. You know, my ID, actually, I'm wearing a bow tie. Yeah. I just
1: wouldn't got my ID redone. Uh, I'll tell you what. Shout out to Barron County Courthouse. They gave those extra holiday hours. I had one day to get my ID done because I'm a procrastinator by nature. That's why I'm in yep. journalism. I walked in on that Saturday between New Year's and Christmas. Not a soul in the building except the security and the people downstairs. I trotted down to the licensing bureau, and those fine ladies there got me through in about five minutes. And you know, the, But the funny thing that we've kind of discussed there, too, since we're talking about IDs is – if our state's worried about something, they need to f- figure out this thing with the you know identification being uh, real ID approved, to right. get it, or people don't have to come back and get multiple IDs or go to Bowling Green to get an ID just so they can get on a, a plane. Just show that again. That's a long story in of itself, but just how bu- bureaucracy works and how you know sometimes we're not focused on the things that need to be done because we're busy worrying about. Uh, sanctuary cities, you know, like like Glasgow is one day going to become a sanctuary city.
0: You know, we we can see that happen. And again, I'm all for, you know, all ideas. There's no reason to neglect certain ideas, but you told me most of mine were bad. Well, I did tell you that before you came in, but that's only you. Uh, (laughs) But what I'm trying to say is I think that there are things that need to be prioritized. And when we, that's the struggle with government a lot of the time is we work on huge ideas Mm -hmm. you know honestly you can make a lot of progress working on smaller things that culminate to a larger idea
1: absolutely i think Um, i agree you know when
0: you try to tackle such a large issue you know and it could go from anything from mental health legislation all the way to second amendment to you know anything else in the whole realm of politics if you're doing something huge big it's not going to uh come out good i guess because It's going to just stay in committee all the time. You're never going to vote on it. You know, blah blah blah. You get the process there. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, you know, and then here locally, of course, we mentioned some things too, uh, things in committee since we last talked and such. And you know, our um, downtown park idea is in committee currently, and it's set to come before the council later this month, and uh, we'll hopefully get a for sure answer if the council is on board i guess by that point they're going to have to be mm-hmm. um because if they're not then i would imagine the people forking the money out are maybe going to get a little uh you know hesitant after sure. that if they especially if they hold off anymore but um, at the strategic planning committee meeting you know or earlier this week they were discussing uh, kentucky league of cities representatives were discussing that Something like the downtown park is huge yes. for development. Um, and they make, they made a lot of good comments about a lot of the things we talk about often yes. um, wealth. What is, uh, you know, what makes a healthy, wealthy community. Right. Um, and, and it all is boiling down to a development, which uh, this downtown park, you know, they stressed that an idea like that again, I'm again, I'm saying there are other ideas too, but they stressed that something like that is so important uh, because this is this is the private sector trying to tap into the public sector, which doesn't really happen that often.
1: Right. And I I thought you had great story on that meeting and fascinating in some ways, kinda of concerning in others, you know, as we talk about often and was mentioned in your story, our high poverty rate, especially, you know, when you look at children who are impoverished in our community and who don't have, you know, the the luxuries that we take for granted. Some of us who are who are you know, lucky enough to be raised in certain situations and issues that we just have to address. And also another part of your story I really found interesting was the talk about the lack of qualified people to fill some of these open positions. What was it, 250 jobs they said? Yeah,
0: so around 250 jobs and, again, you know, trying to figure out what you strike out and what you don't when you're riding. Um, Something that was interesting with that was that There are 250 jobs available. They didn't distinguish if that is ranging from everything from a simple fast food job to a full-time position at a local business. I don't know. But uh, the demographic here in Glasgow, too, is that we have a lot of older people, a lot of retirees. We have a lot of that demographic, um, which obviously they're not the ones yearning for jobs but on the other hand, we do have a fair amount of, you know, a younger demographic here that could probably fill those jobs as well. So um, I just thought it was interesting because, you know, in this whole mix, KLC is essentially, um, you know, a consultant. That's exactly what they are, you know, mm-hmm. trying to urge the city what to do, what steps to take. And and they were kind of shocked by some of these things that they found that really are just our everyday lives. But obviously they identify that those things are causing our decline mm-hmm. and uh, eventual you know, in the dirt if we don't do something about it.
1: Sure. I thought Councilman Neely had a good quote from him where he said, you know, I'm going to summarize here because I can't remember verbatim, but basically we keep pushing a lot of these things down the road and we never take action. We don't ever take a vote on these things. And I think he's spot on with it. You know, at some point you have to put, or, you know, think back to last year pre-downtown park talk. We have this, you know, parks plan that was, you know, thought out, a lot of money spent on it, engaged the public in it. Time to put up or shut up time to, you know, put money into what was approved. And then what happens doesn't get approved, start back from scratch. You know, at some point you have to do things, you know, things magically Glasgow's economy is not just going to magically improve.
0: Sure. You you know, and something interesting too, about that, of course, you know, just the exclusive, just um, a lot of the time, and I'm sure you can relate to this too. A lot of the time when I'm writing a story, I, I can't include everything but a lot of the stuff I'll keep in the back of my mind for my next piece on right. something, especially this is continuing coverage. You know, there's always going to be room for additional information. That's not necessary right now. And one of those pieces of information is that they're at the Herja meeting uh, that obviously is happening February 4th, that Herja meeting, they're going to make uh, pretty much subcommittees from the strategic com- planning committee, what uh, they're calling them teams. It, it seems more attractive, obviously, mm-hmm. but in those teams, they're each going to be headed by the department head in the city, which is obviously going to equate to some sort of accountability. According to KLC, you know, Mm -hmm. the tad long and Bobby Bryant, they urge them to do that because it's going to require people that are being paid by tax dollars to obviously put work into it because if citizens are obviously leading these committees, not to say that any, nothing would happen, but it, it wouldn't be as accountable, but I think they are on the right track here. They're, going to hold some accountability to this uh but it's a huge process for strategic planning again it's not just downtown park here strategic planning is the whole city but the downtown park was used as such a good example of how the how the town is pretty much coming together for something that could lead to a lot of other things like we've talked about in the past i mean it's no secret we've talked about what something like the downtown park could lead to from you know um Monies at the plaza theater to you know things and hotel stays and and restaurants and, and just endless, um, even business uh, coming here and such. So, absolutely. Well, we,
1: ter- we covered some heavy topics today, Brennan. So, when we uh close and talk about a little something a little bit more lighthearted, you know, sources tell me. You had quite an interesting experience at and uh, fast food this last weekend, Brendan. You like to confirm or deny, or what's going on there?
0: I'll confirm. In fact, I put it on Twitter. Um, Give him away my sources. Well, I mean, I'm the source, though. In Allegedly. short, in short, what happened was, you know, I got a hangering for some some cookies. And um, what time of the night are we talking? It to? was midnight.
1: What are you doing out after midnight?
0: Uh, well, I w- you, This is lame. I was setting. On my couch, actually my my love seat, you know, the, the love seat, right? There you go. <laughs> anyway, sitting there, it's quiet in the house. I'm reading Elton John's memoir, and I, I just like I need some chocolate chip cookies, so I decide to go into you know town and get some uh, cookies. And while I, I went to McDonald's, while I'm there, um, traffic is moving so slow in the drive-through. I mean, there are a lot of people there at midnight. Midnight's late for me. I mean, I'm a I'm an AM newser. I was here at work this morning at 4:30, So you can imagine
1: four 4:30 in the morning. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't know, would no. you?
0: You're normally just going to bed,
1: I guess. Exactly.
0: So anyway, I'm there. I'm in the drive-thru finally get up. I'm the second car. Of course, the car in front of me is in the drive-thru. Well, I see a, a white Lexus pull up and this woman hops out in her pajamas. She's got a cigarette in her mouth. Uh, and it's just, you know, it's it's real long. You can just imagine this. It's just hanging out the side of the mouth. Virginia She's, Slim. Ah, it was it was thicker than that. <laughs> and she was proceeding around the car in the drive through and knocks on the drive through window. And uh, at that point, takes the cigarette out of her hand. Keep in mind that this guy in the car in front of me has his window down. I hope he didn't have asthma or something. <laughs> if he did, he does he, now? He didn't make it out of there. Uh, she, you know, knocks on the window. And I guess forgot her drink. That's what it was. So they hand her a drink. She's got the cigarette in hand and uh, walks back to the Lexus. The Lexus has got some shined rims on it, too. I'm telling you, it was it was just...
1: looked like something you drive normally. Yeah, yeah
0: exactly. It was like, no, I'm, I'm out there just uh, getting around. But anyway, uh, she drives off, you know, whatever. But it's fine. People smoke. People go to McDonald's at midnight. But... What doesn't happen is I usually don't go to McDonald's at midnight for cookies and happen to see that, you know. It was already it was already kind of bad cuz I'd already tweeted, you know, oh my gosh, I'm sitting in the drive-through for 15 minutes. I'm here, you know, at midnight, what I would not think there'd be people here like it's lunch time. But there were,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. you can't go to McDonald's at any time of day here without it being packed. It's probably the most you know prosperous business we have going on in our fine city of Glasgow. <laughs> Economic and
0: development for sure. Apparently, yeah. it's a
1: go where you go, to go on Saturday night for entertainment. You could have called me. Disappointed I was just me out with
0: my cats, and, you know, being bored. Disappointed me when I took the or I didn't take it out. They took it out. They took the playground out. You know, just oh, kidding, just kidding. Actually, I'm all for that. You know, how dirty could that be? You know, like. And that's a whole other conversation, yeah. but uh, you know, I, I think that's enough for us today. Yeah, we should probably get off. Here. Yeah, so uh, like you always say, we're probably going to lose our jobs. after Yeah, this it's been Wednesday. nice, Glasgow. Yeah, so uh, of course, if you listen to Convergence each week, uh, thank you. Wow, yes. you're, you're
1: listening. You're special. But we love you.
0: You are thanks, Mom. You are being brave for sure. Uh, so anyway. If you're just listening to Convergence this week, you made it this far in the episode. Uh, God you're brave you. as well. But if you've never listened and you want to get in contact with us, you can contact me, Brennan Crane, B-R-E-N-N dot Crane, C-R-A-I-N at gmail.com. I'm here at WCLU Radio in Glasgow. And Daniel?
1: You can contact me at D-S-U-D-D-E-A-T-H at com, or give us a call over at the Daily Times at two seven zero six seven eight five one seven one.
0: Right, sounds good. And like you said last time, if you have any complaints, you can email me at DS You know. Oh, hold on now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Wait yeah, a second, yeah, man. Yeah. I got some of yours last yeah. time.
1: I got some of yours last McDonald's time. McDonald's called me about you, didn't they?
0: Uh, they actually subtweeted and uh, you know it's real corporate-y, uh, they just you know were like if you had a if you have a complaint you can leave it here. It was pretty much passive aggressive, like, oh you want to get on here and talk about us, and not call us out? <laughs> yeah, maybe next time. Just well like
1: some other people I
0: are mean. <laughs> Uh, the local podcast, right? Well, that's thanks, right. everybody. Thanks for joining us on the local podcast, also called Convergence. We named it that. You know, I appreciate uh, the podcast being called Convergence out in public, uh, not in quotations. But hey, that's okay. So we're going to get off here today. But like I said, if you have anything to let us know about, let us know, and we might talk about it next episode. That's it. Later. <laughs> That that that